If mm. I were to make the lists of movies and do five films, there would be more than one horror film per lineup. Like if you compiled your own list of the ones that you liked and then made a new lineup, there'd be more than one horror film in those lineups? Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. I approve. That means that of all the films, and there are a lot Why of really bad horror films that have been chosen. Kiss ass. I have <laughs> sucking his... turned a corner. Why don't you just give him a rim job? Get it over with. Jesus Christ. Let's do it, Daniel. <laughs> Bring that dirty asshole over here. Uh, dirty asshole. <laughs> like, such a simple pairing. We have our intro. Here we go. You're welcome, Trailer Park Podcast. Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Daniel, it's a horror movie. Worried or excited? God damn it, I will kill myself. Worried. Are you worried or excited? An invitation for rigid and spastic penetration. You seem satisfied. Affirmative. The trailer made me emotional. Real lumpy flesh dragger. Raising awareness about masturbation addiction. Don't get it on my territory. I can't stand seeing someone do it worse. Oh my god, here it comes. Here it comes. It's so wet. Oh my god, it's coming. Trailer Park Podcast 120. And I am here tonight to introduce you to the players. Uh, Daniel, my cousin, my blood, welcome to Trailer Park Podcast episode 120. I did not know it was going to be such a formal affair. (laughs) Thank you for having me. As always. Always a formality uh, when you and I get together to share our wondrous opinions with our wondrous fans. Uh, Amanda, it's nice to hear your voice again, although I I hear you won't be staying long. That's right. Uh, Hello, everyone. I am here for maybe half. You're welcome. (laughs) And we say hello to our minion, our cherished minion, the intern. Welcome, intern. It's episode 120. Oh, cheerio. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Gentlemen, lady, um, as always, I begin by talking to you about what the number 120 or what the number of the episode uh, means. And in this case, the number 120 is an untouchable number. It's also. Well, I mean, there's no. (laughs) Daniel, there's no integer uh, which has 120 as the sum of its proper divisor. So it is an untouchable number, and that's. That's the truth. It is also the atomic number of unbillium. That's a fake. That's fake. It's an element yet to be discovered, in fact. Right. Unknownium. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually what it says. (laughs) Unbillium. I looked at it, and it's like scientists are trying to find it. I'm like, well, how the fuck do you know it exists? That's not how it works. That's how science works? They found a bunch of them like that already. How, what's the atomic number of unobtainium? Yeah. You theorize its existence and you give it an atomic number? Go fuck yourself. I mean, you feel like this happened in an episode of Big Bang, right? Yeah. It did. Mm. It happened during our lifetimes. With the Higgs boson. Well, I mean, yeah. we all have been around a while. <laughs> uh, Zinga. <laughs> yeah. Intern is like a, he's like a 40-year-old cherub-like angel, you know, like a, like a sad old man in a diaper. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Intern, what do you have to say to that? Okay, we'll move on. Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, the energy, though. It's what a beautiful a, where he comes from. Yeah. What, a, what about the energy of 120? Well, I'll tell you. Low energy. Yeah, it's like you get like, <laughs> a little bit high. It, it resonates with creative expression. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although comfortable being alone, it's also 
a social energy. Right, because one is the loneliest number. These numbers are all, it's always the same. It's always <laughs> happy in solitude, but seeks the company of others. I mean, it's all—it's always this. Yeah, and you can Every never, time. you can Look. never touch them. I'm tired of these frigid, prude numbers. Look, <laughs> all right. In social situations with 120 present, others find their energy and outlook on life uplifted, their inner creativeness awakened, and their so, future looking brighter. So we need 117 more participants on this podcast to enjoy ourselves right right now it's a sad panel also when the number 120 just naturally comes up in everyday life uh i do i do feel elated and uh, uh happy fied by it hmm. because, just because of how commonly it comes up well ordinary it's an ordinary energy right when i put coffee in the microwave i put it in for 120 seconds not two minutes that sounds canadian that it does, does sound, sound canadian. yeah it does yeah. that's a good point thank you like like they're like this fucking microwave is not gonna tell me what to do <laughs> it's like uh one sixth of my day and now i'm gonna talk about things that didn't make the cut and oh, we're, and are we're we going to talk about Netflix? We're all going to trash talk them. Frozen 2. <clears throat> yeah. Marriage Story. Yeah, Frozen 2 didn't make it. Marriage Story didn't make it. Irishman. Little the, Women. The Bombshell. Irishman didn't make it. Little Women didn't make it. That's right. Bombshell. Go fuck it. Here. Here's what I have to say to Bombshell. <clears throat> Dolomite is my name. I haven't even heard of it. The Dolomite one I want to watch. Um, Jumanji, uh, the next level. Yeah, who cares? I agree no with thing. you on that. Though we were just recently respecting the concept of the new Jumanji franchise, which is just, well, let's just shuffle the actors into the uh, into the same characters and just have them play the other one. I'm just tired of Dwayne Johnson. We do need a rock break, don't we? <laughs> He's not going to give you one. <laughs> no, I've been telling you this for a while now. He's not going to give you one. He will no, not there's, only, there's only one way to get rid of someone like The Rock, and we've been through this before. Because I believe in like the late 90s, people were like, can we get an Arnold break? Mm. So I think... The only thing that we can do is just push the rock into politics. I think the rock has to like, I don't know. Now today's day and age with movies, it's like they can keep making garbage and it doesn't seem to matter Mm -hmm. with, with Arnold. He just like, he hit so many home runs back to back. And in baseball, they call that back to back jacks. If anyone's Mm -hmm. wondering, raises their uh, slugging average. Yeah. Whatever. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but he like, he hit back to back jacks and then he did a racer. And it was like, meh. Yeah. And then the sixth day, and the end of meh, days. Meh. Yeah. Remember when he fights the devil? Yeah. Gabriel yeah. Byrne, yeah. Okay. And then does anyone want to talk about Cats and why we're not going to watch that trailer? Because <laughs> uh, it's not even a thing. <laughs> Have yeah. you listened to anyone try to explain what Cats is about? Like I mean, everyone that's in Cats? Nobody they, can tell you what it's about. They make a movie about the Broadway musical Cats? Yeah, even the Broadway show, people can't tell you what it's about. No, they don't know. Because it's not about anything. I thought it was just like a slim, like a a shaky veneer over just an old-fashioned cabaret show. Yeah, it's people dancing cat outfits. Yeah, like we're looking sexy, but like let's make them all cats and then it gives it a little bit more prestige, even though really it's just about a bunch of sexy women dancing and singing. Hmm. But normally they put like some sort of slant on there being a story of some sort. There just isn't one, apparently. You would think. Well, secretly, Cats is about AIDS. Oh. No, that's the other one. Eline AIDS. No, that's the other musical. Rent. Rent's about human AIDS. Yeah. 525,625,600-minute-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8-8
of the chat screen says gargling balls. Yes, it's very large. It's very <laughs> hard to take anything you're saying seriously. <laughs> Whenever Inter must did, pop in. Take it seriously before, but now it's just like <laughs> talking and I see him gargling balls. It's almost like what the like the closed captioning is putting up on the screen for right. what he's saying. Like it's not even important enough to subtitle, it just says in parentheses gargling balls. <laughs> It's something that's going to pop up for the rest of time. Well, now that you you've changed to massive balls, but now I see like a really small penis on a huge set of balls. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. When you get to be a certain age, things drop. Are they just dragging the floor now? Yeah, yeah. Just one down each pant leg. <laughs> oh, and oh, the last... Wollen mutant eggs. <laughs> the last... The la- size, right? Jesus. So the, just the coin purse gets bigger. I thought you guys were done riffing, but I'm just going to step back. No, let's talk about the balls more. <laughs> yeah, so yes, it is, it is all in the shrinkage of the scrote. No, but... I mean, no. the scrote is the only thing that's controlling the up and down. The balls stay the same size. Right, right, right. Yeah, the right. balls are consistent in this equation. That is not true. No. They oh, just get bigger is- and bigger. <laughs> They swell. Balls. They're like they a. It's like a balloon, except no. Ain't, it doesn't. It it, it doesn't it, go outwards like a balloon. It like droops down. The word is like engorged. Engorged. Yes. Yeah. Engorged. Mine is a turgid. Did you just change your name again to Swollen Man Meat? What else you got in that creative? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, the last movie that we're kicking to the curb, and we didn't do. Is this, uh, what is it, an all-female reboot of Black Christmas? Oh, yeah. That's uh, already a female <laughs> I mean, film, right? <laughs> I mean... Rose. Sister Rose. Of course. Another plant. Rose. <laughs> garbage. Garbage. And it's the second reboot, because they made tell. one in 06. You can just tell it's garbage, though. You can just tell. Take one look. Why do you want to talk about it? It's garbage. I haven't seen a trailer. I haven't seen a trailer for any of the movies that you said we are not going to watch. <laughs> Except Good. for Dolomite. Well, we're moving on then. All right, people, talk to me. What have you watched? What do you care about? What do you not care about? What's going on? Oh, can I please start? Uh, let's pass that through the uh, through the Texas contingent. Amanda and Daniel, are you okay with the interns starting this segment? Only because I need some time to think about what I've watched. Yeah, there's been a bunch. That's fair. That's fair. Um, intern, go ahead. All right. So two films that are not on the lineup. <laughs> I watched uh, The Irishman. And technically, it is a great film. Uh, this is the first time I've watched a Scorsese film and wish that it was an hour and 20 minutes shorter. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, I, I watched the first 20 minutes of The Irishman so far. Yeah, uh, the last hour is better than everything else. I watched still, the first 20 minutes and I was like, oh, wow, this feels like Goodfellas and Casino, except there's some weird ass shit going on with Robert De Niro's face. and His pe- chin. And Pecci's, pe- Pecci's oh. face. Because they're, they're the the actors are playing themselves through different stages of their lives, right? right? And they're doing all this de aging CGI yeah. bullshit, and I'm like, hey, sorry guys, there's like a thousand muscles in someone's face, and you're right. getting you're getting closer, but it's not time for this. No. Why does Al Pacino look like glowing porcelain? <laughs> I don't know. It's not time the, for this. I watch these like narrated uh, Scorsese movies, and I'm like, I would prefer to go watch Goodfellas again. Or a casino. Yeah. Like, this is not... Like, I don't... Why is everybody sucking this movie's dick? And I've only seen 20 minutes of it. <laughs> well, you gotta watch the other three hours, apparently. Why do I have to um, watch three hours more? You don't. Don't do it. Okay. Does it justify the dick? No. Hmm. Um, no. No. Now, on the other side, I watched Marriage Story, 
And uh, it's the first time that I missed a large portion because there's so much water in my eyeballs. I couldn't see oh, the screen. my God. I lost my shit. Dear Jerker. I couldn't believe it. It was fucked up. You fucking cried like a bitch? Yeah, it was like you watching Iron Giant hey. or Mr. Holland's Opus. Hey, shut up. It was just like that. Hey, shut up. Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh. Those are Nathan's. Uh, don't, Nathan talk control, about, so. don't talk to me about Don't talk to me about Holland's Opus. <laughs> I, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, that's well. a good one. Good. It has the uh, has that guy I really like with the weird face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does have him. Superman. Yeah, love <laughs> we are. We will be preaching Iron Giant at some point. Might be a ghoul. Uh, How about anyway. Ranger? Huh? Chief? Huh? <laughs> I awesome. uh, I do want to say someone made a fantastic list on Letterboxd and it was uh, Scarlett Johansson Ties Shoes 2019 <laughs> and it had uh, Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit in there because she ties people's shoes in both those films. It was pretty funny. Anyway, um, that's it for me. Intern, correct me if I'm wrong. I was confused by everyone's like excitement and all the hoopla that went on around this the Irishman release. Am I wrong? Wasn't there already a movie that came out a few years ago called The Irishman, where Thomas Jane plays like an Irish union worker that beats up, <laughs> that beats up the like union boss? It's possible. I'm pretty sure, and it's like kind of hyper violent. I remember it being a decent movie. So when this came out, I was like, "Oh, are they just re-releasing that on Netflix?" And then it was like, "No, it's uh, Robert Nero Al Pacino." I was like, ah, "I don't care." There's a 1978 Michael Craig, The Irishman, and then there's a 2011 Kill the Irishman with Kill Ray Stevenson Irishman. and Christopher Walken. Look, that might be. There's a reason. Look, The Irishman. He, he wanted to make it for a long time, and there's a reason why it didn't get made for so long because no no studio wanted to spend that much money or give him license to go make a three and a half hour god knows whatever it is i don't i don't know i've only watched 20 minutes epic crime drama i I don't feel drawn back to it every time i look at their fucking de-aged faces i'm like why are we doing this you're not good enough at it yet stop it yeah that's why the last hour is better because uh there's less of that yeah he's old Yeah, I guess there's still some of it, but it's it's less. Well, it's really I'll tell you what would have happened. Old men recounting. I'll, I'll tell you what would have happened if we had done The Irishman on TPP. Are you ready? Yep. One, two, three. Worry. <laughs> there you go. Um, Amanda, would you like to tell mm. them the franchise that we've been working our way yes, through? Yes, please. Yes. So you can remove from my burden list Terminator... Two. One, if it was ever on there, but I have now seen Terminator 1, 2, and the first, I don't know, 30 minutes or so of 3. Will you be joining us? 1 and 2 is all you need to watch. Will you be joining us for the future preach episode of Terminator 2? I think she would prefer to preach Terminator 1. I actually like the first one the best. And I I know that that's, I don't know, probably blasphemy or something, but I like the story better of the first one. I get why people love the second one. So much more action and Arnold being funny and, you know, hasta la vista, baby, all that kind of stuff. But um, I just, I thought the first one was great. Mm-hmm. I thought Linda Hamilton was... She's still hot. Was like, yeah, lovely and hot. And then, too, she's like this 
She's so, Commando. She's so Commando. fucking badass in the fucking second one, though. Jeez. Like, I, I, I don't like comparing one and two because they are the best movies in that whole franchise. The rest of them you could throw in the dumpster and light up a fucking match. Actually, maybe Salvation would be the only one that I would say is interesting enough to watch again. Yeah, we were watching through. It was interesting going through them with her because, yes, there was a lot more. To me, one in my brain was... I don't know. I never wanted to dismiss it, but it was always just like, nah, yeah, that's when you have to get through to get the two. But rewatching the first one was like, it, it was great. It is a solid sort oh. of dramatic, mild sci-fi. Michael Biehn is the tits in that movie. And really Bill good. Paxton is that uh, punk at the beginning is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is really good. He does like a really good job of like being like in love with a future version of someone. It's very bizarre. It's, you, they well, pull it off. I'll say this too, and maybe a man can agree with this, is um, that there's a much more human uh, impact to the first one because Michael Bn is just a soldier that you know begs for the opportunity to go back because he fell in love with her picture and he wants to try and uh, and save her and try and be the hero and he's he's human going up against a Terminator and then in the second one it's a Terminator going up against a more advanced Terminator so it it takes away some of the humanity they try to mitigate that with young John teaching him and bonding with him and stuff but it's just a, they're just yes. different movies and it's and it's tough to like cast judgment against them or compare them to each other and i and i usually say that like as a father thing is a joke but no seriously as a father rewatching the second one i was so much more dramatically involved in like how they try to make arnold like a father john's figure. father yeah like a father figure and she even like has a little uh soliloquy about it where she's like you know the most dangerous <laughs> like mechanical being in the universe and he's probably the best father that john's ever had well there's also something to be said for movies where you can like isolate scenes and appreciate individual scenes a lot and i think terminator 2 is full of uh scenes that you can pull apart and appreciate and i think maybe terminator 1 like like uh amanda made a comment about the story being better it might just be a better like all-around uh package versus terminator 2 having all these moments because i can pull apart these scenes in 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 t2 like when um sarah is watching a video of herself freaking out (laughs) oh yeah she's like losing like she doesn't care anymore like i'm better now (laughs) (laughs) i also had it i liked it i I don't want to like sound like i'm shitting on it but there were too many of her like in terminator 2 too many times that i have to see her have her vision of the like playground being bombed or going up in flames i'm like okay i get it. i fucking get it i get it <laughs> they, they do do it like seven times yeah. they do it yeah. seven times they do it way more than i remember that might yeah. be fun though to have her on a preach to point all this shit out because i'm like blinded you know and they make a big deal in the movie about her like falling asleep having a vision out in the desert when they're all getting prepared to like go you know get the that guy Dyson that creates the, mm-hmm. the ai it's a little it. it's a little staged right because john's like no fate Right. That's the thing. No fate, but what we make for ourselves. Yes. <laughs> but it also made me think, why wasn't the newest movie called No Fate? Wouldn't that have tied it directly back like they were trying to do? You know, hey, Dark Fate, whatever. No franchise has fucking tried so hard and fucked up so many times. Yeah, I'm curious because I haven't seen anything past three. And even just watching half of three with Amanda earlier, we stopped it about halfway through. But <laughs> even the first half, I'm just like, it just feels all so forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah that's why salvation that's why i made the comment about salvation because it's it's completely different and it's got anton fuck don't anton yelchin and anton yelchin and christian bale and it's like set in the 
the future years when everything's an apocalypse and it's just different. It's just, it stands out as being a, a real different decision. And it's, it's not a bad movie. There's nothing bad about it. Yeah. So I watched those. I also watched the entirety of the show episodes. Oh, shit. Fantastic. Uh-oh. I loved it so much. You and, in, you and the intern are about to bond. Are we? I really enjoyed that whole thing. Yeah. yeah Matt LeBlanc. It was really funny. Yeah. Matt LeBlanc is so great. And yeah, I mean, and they, they, they ended it right on time. And yeah, I really, really liked that show a whole bunch. So episodes, I'm thinking of something different. Oh. I haven't seen that, which means I don't really, really like that show because I haven't seen it. Oh, then we're not bonded anymore. No, sorry. Thank God. I was thinking of uh, extras. The Ricky Gervais, yeah. Extras. Oh, extras. Thinking of, yeah. Oh, okay. no, oh, extras? Oh, that show's garbage. Yep. <laughs> Pretty funny. Episodes. You know what? I've seen interviews with Matt LeBanc about episodes, but I've never actually watched one. And uh, because you've recommended it here tonight, Amanda... I'm going to check it out. Have you recommended what I recommended last time, um, Fleabag? Oh, I haven't checked that out. No, I haven't. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll check out episodes when you check out Fleabag. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> and I'll just run through these without much commentary because I went. I did one of those things like a like a Best Buy where they were giving away DVDs for like two dollars, and I just like went through their bin and grabbed everything that I found remotely interesting. And then I've just been putting them on the TV, just one after the other on the weekends, just letting them play. Mm-hmm. So I've just been making my way through these stacks. So I watched the uh, the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, honestly, it was better than I remember the cartoon being. Um, then I watched uh, Cannonball Run. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, a long just, time since I've watched that. Just peak, fucking peak Burt Reynolds. Just that's where all of his memes and quintessential Im- imagery comes from. It's got to be that movie. He's Harry, just like Harry. leg up, hanging out in the trunk of like a of like a American muscle car, smacking on gum, slapping girls' asses as they walk by. <laughs> Harry, Harry chest and mustache. Yeah, just like ah, come here, John Day Louise. Let me smack you around. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, what else did we have? Uh, Live, die, repeat. Threw that on, making my way through the Terminators. Um, oh, oh we watched Slapshot. We watched Slapshot. Hey, Hanrahan, your wife licks pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, way was... that the way that the goalie like looks back behind the net. That's the scene that stands out for me for that whole movie is when he goes, "Hey, Hanrahan, your wife licks pussy," and is the Hanrahan's goalie mask just like whoosh, like so fast. Just flips it off. Yeah, just looks yeah. over at him like so fast. He's just such an antagonizing little bastard. It's such a ridiculous fucking movie, but it's so celebrated. It is. It is such a bizarre movie because like I, I had seen it once or twice, but it was a long time ago. And so watching it again with Amanda was was really interesting because one, there's not a whole lot of hockey in it. No. no. Two. <laughs> two. It's mostly just a bunch of like sort of detached vignettes toggling back and forth between Paul Newman having like in a bed conversations with hot women and uh the hansen brothers causing much trouble (laughs) yeah people dress up as the hansen brothers for for halloween all the time yeah they're so great they're so great in that movie i think if amanda watched it a second time i think she'd enjoy the hansen brothers more because i was just like cackling every time they were on screen but well that's interesting you say she would enjoy it more the second time because that movie yeah i mean especially if you've never seen a movie like that before that movie is fucking like what? That's not hockey. They get on the ice, they just start beating the shit out of because of a big ball. There's that scene with the guy that strips off his clothes, goes around stripping off all of his gear. 
when they start a game, the ice is just absolute garbage. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like scuffed up. But it's also a movie about the under leagues, right? Like it's not even the American Hockey League. It's like the East Coast League or some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dying league and it's got that sort of a, oh, and then just a leapfrog from that since like sort of the core element or the plot line of Slapshot is that the coach is trying to sell the team off. Um, I also watched Used Cars with Kurt Russell. Really? I've never seen that. That movie is great. That is a great movie. He's hilarious in it. It's got that good old school, like, ah, we got to save the underdog dealership from the evil big dealership that wants to buy us out. Like, it's so good. Uh, I I just like, I don't know. I was amused by almost every moment of it. You know what movie's great, too, is Cadillac Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Robin Williams having like... He's like having a bunch of affairs and shit, right? He's trying to like play them off each other. Yeah, and Tim Robbins, he like crashes in with his bike and and an what AK forty seven or some shit and takes the whole <laughs> thing hostage and yep, all because he had Rob Williams like cheated on him with his like his girlfriend or something. Yeah, and Rob Williams is trying to be his friend, but he's the one that's the problem. Yeah, it's a it's a batshit crazy movie, but it's a lot of fun. Take your jacket off, weirdo. Yeah, I will in a second. Sitting there sweating your balls. I'm gonna interrupt yeah. Daniel. I'm gonna do a little interlude here. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, interesting. Tell me, tell me. Uh, it's not about like for all of you who are hesitating to watch the latest Tarantino epic. It's his tenth. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay. Stop it. That's enough. Okay. Um. It's interesting. It's 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 so Tarantino esque, and if you're not against, if, if you're if you're irritated by Tarantino being Tarantino, then there's no reason for you to watch this movie. Okay. But if you do find Tarantino to be entertaining and fun in some ways, then it's just kind of like taking the whole Charles Manson thing and saying, "What if?" It's not trying to do a biopic about the Manson murders. It's about taking the Manson thing and saying, "What if this happened instead?" Okay. And if you want to watch that, then you should check it out because it's fun. It's got DiCaprio in it, though. So if you're presently irritated by who DiCaprio is as a human being, then you may not be able to go all the way. Although I did find him entertaining because his character is like self-deprecating and hating on himself the whole time, which is amusing. Right. Yeah, It's that's a weird one because, yes, I do dislike DiCaprio, but I'm able to detach myself from that when he's in a movie. Usually, um, there's just some really fun scenes. Does annoy me, but other times he also amuses me. So this, I might catch it on TV sometime. Well, make sure you slot, you know, two and a half hours. Right, just an hour shy of Scorsese. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Anybody seen that? Mm-mm. No. no, totally not offensive. I don't know if it's uh, necessarily worth it, but I'm but I'm gonna point at Amanda and say it's a good like afternoon fluff. If you like Kate Blanchett, you'll appreciate where it goes. That's about it. This is a movie that you think is like something that I would turn on by myself while Daniel's off fucking around. Maybe when you're pumping. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Finally, um, I've started a couple of series on Netflix. They just dropped like two huge budget sci-fi series. So I'm slowly checking those out. Night Flyers and I think V Virus. I don't know. Something about a, a virus. Night Flyers yeah. is George R.R. R. Martin involvement, right? That weirdly makes a lot more sense now. I watched the first episode of that when it first came out where the, uh, or was it the first? I uh, know it was like the first 
they released the first eight minutes or something on the internet, and I watched it. it had a very crazy opening with like a like a crazy death scene, like a blade to the throat. Yes, yeah, it's the one that kills herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With one of those, those like like medical saws, she just like puts it right up to her jugular. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite shocking. Yeah, and the show is like that. It begins with that scene, and then it goes, "How did we get here?" And you go back to the beginning. Oh, <clears throat> of course. And, yeah. And I'm I'm always in it in the long haul for these things because I just I want to know whatever the secret is, whatever they're like, oh, there's a ship out there floating and it's got a bunch of dead people in it. We have to go rescue it. And then they get on there and there's like video journal messages like, don't come on here. Don't come on here with screaming in the background. I want to know what happened. You know, I'm that's all I'm there for because the rest of it is like it's so tropey. A big sci fi trope that's become like very prevalent lately is having the captain of the ship be a holographic A.I., there's like three shows currently on right now where that is one of the characters um <clears throat> and they're okay we'll we'll get through them and we'll we'll talk about them when 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 they come to completion and finally the last thing i want to mention i personally been making my way through the phantasm franchise because i've never seen the sequels i've always loved the movie phantasm i finally purchased all of them on dvd all five of them and, and it took a while so weirdly one and three like two dollars you can get them anywhere Part two and four, you have to like go to eBay and find some like weird horror freak that has a copy. I don't know why, but it's great. They're all great. I'm up to three. I made my way through three. So I just have four and five left. They're all fun. All so fucking weird and bizarre compared to other horror movies. They have great, great special effects. And weirdly, the same like three main cast members are in all five movies. You, You burdened Phantasm to me. I watched it and we talked about it. Yeah, it's got a weird like rib clinging feel to it. You're like, did I like that? And then you remember like almost every scene, and you're like, I guess I did. <laughs> that weird silver ball that he lays down and it, like goes tax people and shit sticks in their head, and then just a stream of blood pouring out of the ball. Yeah. Like, pfft. yeah. And there's the guy with the uh, with the car. I remember us making jokes about uh, him and his car. <laughs> How close he had to park to that phone booth. So yep. ridiculous. And the, and the main hero throughout all the films. He just parked like, oh. everywhere. No, yeah. He drove right up. Look, there's a parking lot outside. He drove right up to the to the door of the bar. <laughs> so much <laughs> random park. shit in that movie. Yeah, he drove. Like, picture yourself. Old school bar. Big parking lot. Drive right up to the fucking door, almost blocking people from walking in and out. <laughs> a weirdo. Ah, here. But also one of the greatest things about that franchise is that the main hero, who's always carting around a shotgun, um, killing the interdimensional dwarves in the everlasting hunt for the tall man, um, he's like this schlubby, totally mundane, pedestrian-looking, bald guy with a ponytail with like a barrel chest. He's in all the movies. He's the main hero. Like I, I always, I always love that for some reason. Making some just like forgettable, ugly weirdo just be the hero. I, I always, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. But yeah, they're, they're great. They're all fun. I, I, I advise everyone watch all of them. Amanda, you have anything else? No. Then the last thing I will talk about is the peanut butter falcon. Oh yeah, Jim in, Stroke indie art house movie. Dakota. Johnson, Shia LaBeouf, and a fellow with Down syndrome. It's about a kid who has Down syndrome that breaks out of his senior home facility where he has been uh, allotted to, and he goes on this uh, journey to try and find uh, this specific wrestler to learn from him about becoming a wrestler. I'm struggling to remember the name of the wrestler, but it was Redneck something or rather, and it was played by... uh, the handyman from Wings. <laughs> Lowell? Thomas Hayden Church, yeah. Yeah. 
<clears throat> anyway, so I put this movie on, and it's you know getting critical acclaim, and it's an art house indie style movie, and Shia LaBeouf's in it, and I firmly am in the camp that yeah, okay, Shia LaBeouf has done some crazy shit, but it's because he's an artist. And I think Shia LaBeouf, when he gets to a certain age, he's going to become like the next Robert Downey Jr. He's going to be like epic movie star. Once he gets to a certain age, he's just uh, so focused on being an actor and being a craft and like experiencing life, right? Anyway. And it's not his fault that he's so weird. Yeah. He's thinking more like second rate Daniel Day-Lewis is what he would <laughs> that's become. A, that's a little much. He's fucking solid, though. Like this movie, it's just it's a stupid premise about this kid going on this journey to become a wrestler and uh, they they sell it they own it it's not too long it's entertaining it's fun Shia LaBeouf is awesome and it's it's very good it's it's decent I'm not I don't know if you guys would enjoy it but it, easy to watch well, I want to see that new movie that he made or wrote or honey boy yeah he's like a ponytail he's playing his own father essentially yeah like his own abusive make you a star father i guess something to that effect yeah i don't have any like weird internet hatred for for shia even though i'm sure i have many reasons to do so i just think i'm 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 gambling on him being in the future he's gonna you know correct his uh craziness and just cash in like go back and give some preach to a nymphomaniac volume one and two that's what chelsea said we watched (laughs) peanut butter falcon and i was like oh shia i was just like jizzing about shia and she was like, well, if we're going to truly embrace Shia, then we've got to go watch Nymphomaniac Volume 1 and 2. Yeah. And I'm like, and ah. I enjoyed those. But that's Lars von Trier. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I've truly enjoyed a Lars von Trier movie since Dancer in the Dark, maybe. These just... Yeah, you're kind, of, you're kind of like held captive more than you are watching yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Dancer in the Dark was so interesting because it just launched into a musical in such a strange, like it's so depressing and sad. And then boom, boisterous musical. You're like, what the fuck is this movie? It's crazy. And then Dan was like, here, watch Antichrist. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Why did you fucking do that to me, man? He did it to me, too. Asshole. Yeah, there's a handful of people in this world where all I have to do is just make the scissor snipping motion. Oh, my God. All right. Let's turn our focus tonight to the lineup. Do you want me to give my worries and excited before I leave you? I'm going to do a quick Q&A, and then I'm going to ask you for that. Okay. Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. (laughs) Okay, 120 team. Now, I want you to really dig deep in here into your, uh, you know, alone and social energy, okay? Okay. (laughs) All right. What was Luke Skywalker's name in the original Star Wars script. Was it A, Luke Starwalker? B, Luke Stormtrooper? C, Luke Starkiller? Or D, Luke Skylander? Hmm. That one of the choices would be like Luke Smith. <laughs> I guess Skylander? Starlander. Star. I think it's the first one. Intern says Starwalker. Uh, Daniel says Skylander. And Amanda created her own. <laughs> Starlander, which wasn't an option. The answer is Luke Skywalker. Or sorry, Luke Starkiller. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're all wrong. His name was never different. No, Luke no the answer was C, Luke Starkiller. Because the original, the original script of Star Wars wasn't called Star Wars. It was called The Adventures of Starkiller. Oh, yeah. They should have kept that. Yeah. Did they decades later then give that <laughs> name to the character from the Force Unleashed video games? I feel like that guy's name was Starkiller. That's quite possible. It has lore. Number two, which of the following are true about Star Wars? A, the actor who voiced Jar Jar Binks committed suicide over the backlash and attack from Star Wars fans. That's grim if that's true. (laughs) B, Yoda was almost played by a trained monkey with a green mask. (laughs) Or C, Han Solo died in the original script for Return of the Jedi. Uh, C. Yeah. Yeah. C is true. In the original script, Luke Skywalker became, he went to the dark side and became the Emperor's next thing. And Han Solo died in the attack against the Death Star. Pretty dark. Pretty dark. The dark side, I guess he's like, I don't care that you're my sister. We're going to keep fucking. (laughs) (laughs) And B is also true that Yoda was almost played by a trained monkey with a green mask. That's where they were. That's where they were going before Frank Oz showed up with his puppet could you imagine some monkey just doing some (laughs) random nonsense and having to watch mark hamill go yes absolutely (laughs) and a is not true the actor who played jar jar binks or voiced him almost committed suicide he has like tweets and instagrams saying how he he almost killed himself and he managed to come back from the brink because of his because of his child because as a father he saw the promise of he saw as 120, energy and outlook on life uplifted, creativeness awakened, future looking brighter. Okay. What's um, <laughs> what's the name of the Wayans brother from Wec- from Wequiem? Marlon. Marlon. Is that Marlon Wayans? Yeah. The one that had no business being in that movie. Right. Yeah, it still did a decent performance because that's what directors can do with bad actors. Are you... <laughs> Nofsky. <laughs> his, his best cinematic moment of all time is him bringing the mirror, opening the mirror of his closet back and forth as he's like having an introverted moment in Requiem for a Dream. That's his best acting ever. But I, to this day, refuse to believe that it wasn't Marlon Wayans that did Jar Jar Bing's voice. <laughs> it, it wasn't. I've always thought that hey. until I learned that it wasn't like I think like five years ago. And I refuse to believe it. <laughs> Number three, why did Anakin Skywalker cross the road? To kill younglings? Uh, to pick up his arms and legs? To, get, can't walk. to get to the dark side? Oh, God. Oh, God. God. Yeah. Woo! I just sent out a tweet where I almost killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. What is the internal temperature of a tauntaun? What's a tauntaun? 120 degrees. A tauntaun, Amanda, is the uh, creature that they used on the ice planet Hoth to travel around outside. Uh, 27. And that he cuts open to get inside. Right. 127 Celsius. Yeah. Remember the famous Han quote? I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. On the outside. (laughs) So what is the internal temperature of a tauntaun? I'll tell you. Lukewarm. <clears throat> Lukewarm Walker. <sighs> I prefer the more appropriate 120 degrees. We type the beginning. Boom. What? What's a Jawa's favorite pasta? 
I don't even get that one. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Jawas, come on. They say oh, like, they say those things those like that. Guys that go like, <laughs> no, no, those are they sand say, people. Utini. Yeah, they go all the time. Yeah. No, so you know right. what? People, the cool billion who knows Star Wars will get that. Okay. Yeah. Not the biggest Star Wars fan. Okay. <clears throat> well, that's the focus tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll pass the torch over to Amanda. We have our headliner tonight is Star Wars: mm-hmm. Rise of the Skywalker. She has prepared her words in advance. Her words and excited in advance. No, you were right. Worried. Prepared <laughs> <laughs> her words in advance. <laughs> would you Would you like to do a uh, Emperor? impression like a emperor laugh sinister laugh impression for us amanda (laughs) wow wow that was good (laughs) holy shit that was amazing uh okay so uh rise of skywalker it's almost over excited you're excited it's almost over yes Until part 10. No, this is it. Okay. Skywalkers are done. Main storyline, done. Fine. I'll watch it. I've seen all the other ones. Okay. Let's do this. Excited. Okay. Oh, that was surprising. Um, Trailer two in in the teeter position tonight is Uncut Gems starring Adam Sandler. Yeah, I watched the trailer for this. I, um... I mean, I, I kind of know what's going on. The trailer's not very good. At least the trailer that I watch is not very good. However, I'm going to give it an Adam Sandler is better than he lets himself be. Hopefully, he hits a home run with this one. Excited. Fascinating. Excellent. What say you about our fulcrum tonight? The rebooted Nicholas Pesky Eyes of My Mother version of The Grudge. Um, I like the original Grudge pretty well. I mean, it's not amazing, but I, I always enjoyed it. When you I say like, original Grudge, do you mean the not, Grudge US or Juon? Uh, the Grudge US. Um, I've not seen the Japanese one. Mrs. Geller. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, the Buffy like, Grudge. <laughs> yes. Um, but I like uh, I like John Cho. That's, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure, it's fine. Okay. I'm not going to like go out of my way to see this, but it might be something that Daniel and I like rent one night. Oh, we forgot to talk about truth or dare. <laughs> anyway. Oh shit. I know the poster came in my head the minute you said it. Um, yeah. I feel like we might end up watching this at some point on demand. Excited. Wow. That's three. Holy moly. Uh, okay. Totter Richard Jewell, uh, Clint Eastwood. Well, we do a Clint Eastwood every Christmas. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true fact. I hope this is Clint Eastwood's last Christmas. Worried. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. He oh, is almost 90. Low blow. <laughs> All right. And your five hole tonight is 1917, directed by Sam American Beauty Mendez. To the cool billion, don't pull a Nathan and get wrapped up in directors and a good cast. This is another forgettable war movie. Worried. Oh. You don't you don't want to watch King Toman do his thing? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. Toman. I don't want to watch Colin for or Colin. Yeah. Throw himself out of a window. Earth. Well, hey, you're either a Cumberbitch or you're a pine nut. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Would you like to listen to the hype that I've created tonight, Amanda? Before you go. Sure. Prepare to make the jump to light speed. <laughs>
what is this Star Wars? <laughs> Star Wars colon Rise of the Skywalker. Star Wars Episode Nine colon Rise of the Skywalker. Wait. Star Wars colon Rise of Skywalker. Star Wars colon Rise of Skywalker Episode Nine. <laughs> Here we go. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. Excited. We got it wrong. It was The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Episode 9. Here Episode we go. Okay. okay, let's break this down. As always, I will regale you with random facts and details that you may or may not give a shit about. Here we go. Interesting point number one. Carrie Fisher's death caused rewrites for this movie to remove Princess Leia from it altogether. Lucasfilm made it clear that they would not attempt to digitally recreate her likeness or performance like they did with Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Wow, that was the wine talking. (laughs) Uh, Most likely due to the mixed reception of the scene in Rogue One uh, where they used the dead guy, Peter Cushing's likeness. It's very odd to bring someone back from the dead and make a scene like that. It's very strange. Um, So they confirmed um, that Fisher will appear in this movie um, via unused footage from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi with the writers and editors coming up with a clever way to repurpose the scenes that were shot. So the scenes in this movie are real Carrie Fisher. Yeah, that's that's the lie I would say too if I desperately needed to get her into this. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lie. Uh, With a gap of 36 years, the return of Lando Calrissian 
marks the longest time for the original actor to reprise a role. Nice. Uh, there are were theories suggesting that Mark Hamill would refuse to appear in this movie due to the initial disagreements with how Luke's story was handled by Rian Johnson, Knives Out's Rian Johnson, uh, in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Even though he was on contract for three appearances, he repeatedly explained that he changed his mind once he saw the full story. Hamill outright expressed excitement for this movie well ahead of the premiere of The Last Jedi and after the movie was released. The official casting announcement rendered this speculation completely moot, confirming he will return for this movie, presumably as some sort of holographic uh, mentor or guide, just as... Alec Guinness was to him in Empire Strikes Back. Right. So, <clears throat> what do we got? We got a confirmed presence of Luke Skywalker, presumably mentoring Rey. But I gotta tell you guys, like, I watched this trailer, and this is the best of the trailers. The other trailers are not as good as this. This is the hyped up initial trailer they released. I just want to fawn over the trailer. Is that okay? Sure. Uh... The whole build of the music and her running and doing that massive crazy jump and then they launch into the crescendo of the Star Wars music and it's just, this trailer is fantastic to me. It is very well made and really nerdy nostalgia just just rises up inside of me and it's like, Nathan, Nathan, you should be excited. <laughs> you should be excited about this movie. Nathan, the nostalgia. Oh, Billy D. Williams, oh, Lando. Ha, 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 ha. Yes. Oh, the Emperor. <laughs> oh, my God, it's the Emperor. <laughs> yes. And then I remember, Star Wars Force Awakens disappointed you. And the trailer, it captured you. It captured you and it disappointed you. And then The Last Jedi, you were like, oh, my God, Luke's back. I've been waiting for this. Oh, my fucking God. I've been waiting to jizz all over the fact that my fucking hero as a child, Luke Skywalker, who just like wandered into Jabba's palace, laid it fucking down. Jabba was like, yeah. And then Luke was like, <laughs> he was like this. And then he was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, nope. Nope, didn't do it for me. I was uh, severely disappointed by Last Jedi. So I watch the trailer and I say, hello, nostalgia. You know, nostalgia just creeps into my head. And I get all jacked up. And then I remember, no, it's not quite the prequel. The prequel trilogy was absolutely full of bullshit. But uh, this new trilogy has been an experience where you're just like, wow, they, they tried to recreate the Star Wars trilogy for a new generation. And the generation that experienced the original trilogy is like, mm, meh. Yeah, I appreciate the effort, but fuck you. I'm worried. Worried. <clears throat> That's, uh, I thought you'd at least be excited that it's like the capstone or whatever to the, to the franchise. I figure if I say I'm worried and then it surprises me, then I have like a reverse experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's smart. You're hoping to be wrong, worried. <laughs> Actually, yeah. That's a good way to say it. I will correct. Daniel, thank you, as always. I'm hoping to be wrong, worried. Beautiful. Intern? So, J.J. Abrams has always been a Star Wars fan, and I really love what he did with Star Trek. And he just remade Star Wars 
like a carbon copy of Force Awakens is just like a new hope. Which makes me think, if he's bringing back Palpatine, how similar is this going to be to which film in the original trilogy? Uh, it's going to be entirely in the forest and, and nothing but uh, uh, the little uh, Ewoks. Ewoks? Just Ewoks. Yeah. Um, Wicket? You guys remember Wicket? I do remember Wicket. Yeah. How did Wicket cross the road? I don't know. How? Is he the freak mutant one that can half talk? Ewoks. Yeah. Stay on target. So the other problem with this whole Star Wars nonsense is that they now need to try to cash in the same way that they're doing with Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this isn't gonna just be the end of these three, it's gonna be the end of the nine to make it bigger a non um question. Answer. Have you watched no. <laughs> any of the? <laughs> have you watched any of the Mandalorian? No, no I have not bought Disney Plus because fuck Disney. What did you say, Daniel? People have been geeking out about it. Yeah. Well, it was you know the showrunner for Mandalorian is John Favreau. If that does anything for you, that actually does. I've watched the first episode. It's interesting. It's not bad. And I don't doubt that there'll be a bunch of things that are are very well done. And with we, Disney Plus. We're very aware of your opinions about Disney. You don't have to continue repeating them. You know, on the plus side. Because at some point, intern, you know what it sounds like? I like yeah. Daisy Ridley. <laughs> and I like Adam Driver. Probably about the same as uh, Texas there. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, I'm extremely worried, but I'll watch it in the theater because <laughs> that's what happens. You know what? That, that's, that is the most that is the most common thing that I've heard. And I'll use that as my like walk in on this is that I've heard so many people talking about this movie coming up of all ages, of all random variations and strengths of Star Wars fandom. And the most common thing I hear is I'm going to see it because Star Wars like yeah, that. Yeah. That's it. Like they've I got this. There's like a Stockholm syndrome. Right. That, that has pulled people into being like, I, oh, you know, it, if it has Star Wars, I'm just going to see it because because and I'm like, oh, OK, no one's like really excited. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go ahead and just lay it out like this, because I think I've beat around the bush on this topic a lot and sort of like softened it, used euphemisms in place of stronger words. Um, I'm just not and never have been a Star Wars fan. I just don't really like the franchise. I've always been ashamed of it because I'm a huge sci fi fan. And I've just never liked Star Wars. It was always a soap opera to me. They're always bloated and boring. And there's like zero mystery. Like they're not discovering anything. They're not like on the search for something. And then it turns out to be something else. It's always like point A to point B done. Kind of the same complaint people have about the Lord of the Ring movies. It's just watching them go from here to there. And then things happen in between. Like that's what they, all the Star Wars films are to me. Empire Strikes Back sticks out amongst the Merc as being sort of a solid solo film. I've never been a fan of New Hope. Thank God you just said that. Jesus. (laughs) I don't, I never liked New Hope. I don't care for Jedi. I've fallen asleep to both of them hundreds of times. Um, The original trilogy was just just like a blur of neon to me. Like I can't even, not the original trilogy, the early prequel trilogy is just a blur of nonsense to me with a whole lot of uh, Ewan McGregor's face. Original trilogy is the only thing worth appreciating. 
prequel trilogy is garbage. Yeah, prequel trilogy didn't didn't care for it. And with these newer ones, like I went and saw Force Awakens, I thought it was okay, but I'm coming at it as not a fan of the films. So I, you know, everyone quickly put me in my place for saying anything positive about it. And <laughs> I've had many opportunities to watch Return of the Jedi, and I just like I can't get myself to sit down. Honestly, the only film that really interests me out of all this shit is the Rogue Squadron one. I don't know what it is. Something seems like higher quality about it, just from an outsider perspective. I have no idea if that's true or not. I could watch it and despise it. I have no idea. But that's the only one that's really interesting to me. I think, I think though, we could have a break. You know, we could really, you know, intern and I could invite you into a room. We could sit down, hookah, you know, really get into it <laughs> and just break down what is worth appreciating about the movies. Forget about appreciating it as a whole or whether it impacted you. You know, I appreciate all the comments you're making about how, you know, they didn't have to discover anything, blah, blah, blah. The point is that there's things about how tight the original trilogy is that I don't think you can deny. And I would That's- challenge and I would challenge you. Like for instance, the Millennium Falcon being like, you know, hoses sticking out, steam coming off of it, grease, dirt, oil. Yeah, I- I understand the archetypes they're playing, and I, I have a respect for the original Star Wars trilogy. I just, I just don't ever care to sit down and watch them, and okay. I never really have. And I think I've always softened my response to Star Wars because everyone loves it, and either from a genuine perspective or a, I just grew up watching it all the time, Look, so it's inherently in my brain. Dale, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Okay, it's like we're we're at an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and we've been there, and we've been going through stuff, and we've like you know, wrapped our arms around each other and cried about the experiences and journeys that we've gone through with personal awakenings. And, you know, after years of that, you just sat down and said, like, guys, I'm not an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's, you know, so I'm trying to protect myself here. You understand? Right, right. Yes, I understand. (laughs) Now, to be fair, pretty much everything you said, Nathan, about this trailer is kind of how I feel as well. Like, yes, I am not a monster. I was swept up in this too, watching her, you know, backflip over that, <sighs> that ship coming at her is fucking awesome. Oh, the sweeping phew. score has always been the best thing about Star Wars, and that oh. continues here. All right. um, Driver oh. is awesome. I find him captivating always, so We're he's still... always a draw to me uh, in these later films. We're still cousins. Yeah. <laughs> then the same thing. Like I feel like, I don't know, 42 swipes into this movie, and I'm just going to be like, I swear to God, if I hear some made-up name one more time, I'm going to fucking flip <laughs> out. And... Uh, <clears throat> How did you ever read Wheel of Time? <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's like I don't know. So if you're like, if you own it up front, if you're like, all right, if if your book has a glossary, then I feel like okay. So we're we're both on the same page. You're about to make up a whole bunch if of. You bullshit. have the ability to flip to the back and like, who's that fucking person? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> then I know what I'm getting into. It's like, you know, it's the same with everything: Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, all of it. You know, you can like, yeah. oh, here's a Sky Dean Neruptu, and you're like, fuck off. But like. <laughs> I don't know. I get it. I get people. I people love it. I'm not going to shit all over it, but I, so I'm tough. I don't know what to do. I'm swept up in this. I may actually like this movie probably more than others that actually like star Wars more than I do. It's, it's, it feels like it's in that weird spot, but I'm not going to go out to see it. So I guess I'm worried. Hey, fair enough. Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. Okay. Um, Hey, hey if any of you guys want star Wars clips tonight, you just let me know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trailer number two. We're going to check out Adam Sandler being serious again. Every once in a while, every once in a while, Adam Sandler's like, hey, I'm going to show you what I got. And you're like, holy shit, fucking Duke can act. Uh, uncut Gems. 
Uncut Gems. Here we go. How you doing, Holly? How's it going? How's hey, Howard. Howard. Good, good face, All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. I made a crazy risk to gamble. And it's about to pay off. I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. It's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. What is that? I started it. Taking my money all over town, placing bets. I'm having very serious second thoughts. Are you serious right now? I know I fucked up. Howard, where's the money right now? Howard, got my money? Howard! Is it too late? I'm done. That means nothing. It meant nothing. Please. Give me another shot. You like to win, right? This is no different than that. Black Jewel power, nigga. This is my fucking way. You think I'm stupid, Howard? You and your whole fucking family. I heard you resurface your fucking swimming pool. You know how that makes me feel? Never resurface you think your life is more anything. I don't know who said that. I told you about how things were going to go. You like the way things are going now? That's my family. Get the kids out of the house. You having a good time? Yes. This is me. This is how I win. KJ, it's game night. You should be stretching out. What is it, your coach? Nah, you're just a fucking crazy ass Jew. <laughs> Intern, worried or excited? I feel like I'm at a disadvantage with this film because I should have seen Good Time, which is uh, the first film that the Safdie brothers did. And this is their second one. And I'm really excited to watch both uh, the other one and this. But Good Time, the Russell Crowe one? No, it's uh, Robert Pattinson. Mm. Um, yeah, Adam Sandler is interesting i watched an interview with him and uh they were talking about his uh drama chops and he's like you know if it's in the script i do it whatever it is it doesn't matter what it is if it says that i do something in the script i show up to work and do that <laughs> that's uh his his motto on acting i could appreciate drama that. which i think is hilarious no second thoughts this is not their second movie i thought it was they done a bunch it's their third the first oh. movie they directed, I don't know if Daniel can remember this, but we did a Lost Trailers episode with Jonathan. Remember that? Yes. There's a movie called Heaven Can Wait. Or sorry. Heaven Knows What. Heaven Knows What. Yeah. And it was about a girl who was a heroin addict and had crazy uh, electronica in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That was their first movie. Interesting. Also good, good time. No, no. Hey, hey. Ignore the A24, all right? This is Adam Sandler. <laughs> 
no, when Adam not Sandler a, does it's drama. Not ignoring A24. It's A24 is like in that you know it's in the position of failing and succeeding all the time. It's like a Schrodinger's A24. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The point is, is that Adam Sandler. I'm gonna step. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna walk all over the interns. Uh, Do it. Time. Go here. ahead. I'm excited. Go, Nathan. <laughs> all right. So Adam Adam Sandler. Ever since I've been a video store manager, I've been like, fuck. Like I've Adam Sandler's comedies are irritating to me. And the people who love Adam Sandler comedy comedies, I'm like, uh huh. You know, like maybe Happy Gilmore. But people who love Billy Madison, it's like, come on. Yeah, Billy Madison's tough after all these years. And Happy Gilmore. Let's be honest. It's mostly about uh yeah. McGat. Or McGuire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's about Christopher... Fuck, what's his name? Intern, yeah, intern. look up that actor's name. He's from a lot of stuff. He was Thelma and Louise. He was, the, he was the douchebag husband of Thelma in Thelma and Louise, and he was the voice of uh, the um, lame agent in Iron Giant. Christopher... Christopher McDonald? McDonald, thank you. Yeah, that guy's awesome. He's one of those supporting characters. He's like a Bill Paxton. He just fucking makes it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So yeah, when you put Sandler by himself in a comedy, I mean, look at him. Netflix is like, here, you're Adam Sandler. Here's a bunch of money, and he's like, here's a bunch of crap, and they're like, thank you. He's like, make six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every once in a while, Adam Sandler does a drama. And when I was, I remember when I was a video store manager, he, you know, he came out with, I think it was Rain Over Me with Don Cheadle, Mm -hmm. and I was like, what? Adam Sandler in a drama? Okay. And I watched, and I was like, shit, he wasn't that bad. It was all right. He did okay. And then he showed up in Paul Thomas Anderson's movie with um, Punch, Punch, Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you doing in comedy? You've got actual skills. Like, you're actually good at drama. Right. So when Adam Sandler does drama now, I'm immediately perking up. So I'm like, what's what's going down, Adam? Are you going to bring us something worth watching for a change? <laughs> and he's loving the attention. He had an interview where he said... Uh, if he doesn't if he doesn't win an Oscar, he's gonna make the worst movie that he's ever made <laughs> in, in retaliation. And I'm like, that's hilarious, dude. Just for that, I give you an excited. Even though I watched this trailer and I'm like, I'm interested. I watched the Good Time trailer and I was like, there's too much depression and sadness. Like heaven knows what. She's a she's a drug addled um, you know, going through the experience of being a fucking heroin addict. And I'm sorry, but movies like that, they're tough to get through. And they think it's a big deal, these actors who star in them, like Basketball Diaries with DiCaprio, and I'm sure there's other examples, but you're like... Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream was different because it did it in a different way. So that's not a good example, I don't think, because Requiem actually played with it on a different level and like hit on multiple... Um, yeah, paralleled it with the addiction to yeah like it did interesting things instead of just putting the camera on an actor to watch him be a fucking addict which is what basketball diaries was right can you writhe around and cry a lot yeah yeah and they do that way too much and then people applaud them and they're it's it's like movies with um, mental disabilities and stuff people like oh wow sam i am yeah 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 and radio Um, (laughs) both of those (laughs) they're rough they're rough and you know, so heaven knows what. Okay, you know, the electronica is cool, but is it going to be in the movie? Are we going to be able to enjoy the electronica while we watch this girl, like, ruin her entire life? And then Good Time, where Robert Pattinson's being applauded for his acting skills. And again, it's like tragedy. And he has brothers in prison and everything's sad and depressing and awful. In this one, sports and gambling and Sandler being drama? I'm in. Let's do That's it. Up your alley. Thanks, Safty brothers. You finally, you know decided to do something that I care about. Lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. 
so excited excited outstanding yeah i uh i paired a lot of the same feelings about adam sandler uh a lot of those comedies are real tough to handle and a lot of those netflix comedies that people are like oh they're, they're okay they're bringing you think those ones are bad too but when adam sandler plays the drama or you know and to be fair when he plays just a regular guy in a comedy like i hate when he plays the like loser or the like pathetic stuttering guy like I, that that one i have a hard time with because it's just too much and he's done it too many times but he was in a weird one on netflix with jennifer aniston where like jennifer aniston is addicted to murder mystery novels and he's like a cop and they're going on a cruise and he's playing just like a totally normal guy actually kind of like a little bit macho and uh i don't know it wasn't fantastic but i laughed a lot and it was totally fine um <clears throat> and i agree with punch drunk love and rain over me those were fine as well this one looks great and does he not look weirdly like a nerdy al pacino <laughs> i was yeah. gonna say i was gonna say adam sandler starring as john turturro i, I, I oh, always yeah. john turturro often shows up in his comedies but i want john turturro to be in a drama with adam sandler they would play the best brothers yeah i was thinking like this this trailer reminded me of john turturro in rounders mm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, as Joey yep. Kanish, the guy with the truck that grinded it out. Yep, like a, it was like just like a splash of the Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's always a splash of Jesus because he's got all the gold flailing around. He's making bets and cracking jokes, and <laughs> you know, might as well be cleaning a bowling ball between his legs. But yeah, it looks it looks fun. Uh, you know, I I I I I make this prediction. And I could be wrong. I feel like under the surface of this trailer is a really gruesome, violent scene involving Adam Sandler. It's either happening to him or he's watching it happen because of something that he did and he's like in a state of shock. I feel like that's going to happen somewhere in this movie. Right. I'm ex- like, uh, sorry, you're excited. Yeah. Like uh, like loan sharks breaking your legs or cutting your fingers off. Yes, like something like that's going to happen, either to him personally or he will directly cause an event that causes someone he loves or doesn't know very well, but he has a soft spot for it. It'll happen to that because of something. Cool. Well, speaking of getting your fingers cut off. Hey. Hey. Uh, we're going to talk some Nicholas Pesky. I, I keep mentioning Nic- Nicholas Pesky because I don't want to say the grudge reboot without saying Nicholas Pesky because Nicholas Pesky adds weight. Yeah, that was the uh, the eyes of my mother. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, and piercing. And piercing. So when you say the grudge reboot, you have to preface it with the fact that the guy doing it has some balls. He doesn't gargle balls. He has balls. I don't think I saw piercing. Dude. You should watch it. Get on it. The Grudge, parentheses, 2019 or 2020? 2020, January 3rd. The Grudge, 2020. Here we go. Hello? Hello? Police department. This is Matheson. I'm Detective Muldoon. 
gonna talk to you about a woman we found. Why you feed me? Excuse me? William, he always used to feed me. <laughs> William was your husband? Daniel, you worried or excited about The Grudge 2020? That's a good trailer. I'll go ahead and throw it out there right now that I'm going to say excited. Now, let me come in behind that and mention a couple of things. Um, pesky is a big reason why I'm why I'm going to put an excited on this, as well as the production oversight of Sam Raimi. And just from looking at the trailer, there's a couple of things I like. One, way more violent than uh, both the uh, Japanese Grudge and the American previous American re, uh, remake of it. <clears throat> Two, if Raimi's involved, even in just a sort of over-the-shoulder kind of situation, even if Pesky's totally at the wheel and making all the decisions, somewhere in here, we're going to get some like wacky, uh, boisterous special effects. And I always welcome that. And Jesus Christ, has has Lynn Shea become like the Dick Clark of horror actresses? Like, I feel like she was 70 years old 20 years ago. Fascinating reference. And she's still popping up in all these horror films and these bit parts yeah. or these main roles in the case of Insidious. It's like she looked old out of the gate. Yeah. And then didn't age and normally after that. Maybe it's just because I'm traumatized because even though I saw Lin Shay many times in my youth, I didn't recognize the actress then. My first actual like burn into my brain memory of Lin Shay is as the landlord in Kingpin. <laughs> Where she's just brutally hideous. And so like that's that, maybe hilarious. that's why I think she's ageless. I don't know. Can I, question. Sure. Can I provide you with um, all the prepared facts that I have about this? Yes. First of all, I can't believe you haven't watched Piercing. You should go watch it. It's not like 
don't want to trump it up like it's like it's amazing, but I mean it's it's very like it, it's way it's worth your time. It's probably wor- more worth your time than you know the random thing that you pick on um, of your own volition. Right. Um, okay. So the original plan was to reboot the series completely, featuring a new storyline that abandons the Seiki. I don't know if I'm saying it right. The Seiki family. However, it was confirmed in an interview with Nicholas Pesky that the film is get ready for this, Daniel, an interquel, <laughs> not not a rebookquel coined here on Trailer Park Podcast, but an interquel taking place during, in between the events of The Grudge 2004 and The Grudge 2 2006. It is an interquel. <clears throat> Why? I don't know. Why? No one knows the the continuity lore. Of- <laughs> Of the, of the American it's, The Grudge trilogy? It's not about that. It's about the word interquel. Okay. Right. Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Pesky said that he took inspiration from The Exorcist and The Changeling 1980 for this film. Pesky has said that if he gets to make any sequels, he would want to see the curse expand to other parts of the world like Australia, Europe, and Africa. That's what they, yeah. One, they should have just, okay. That's fine. He wants to make an in, in betweenquel. That's fine. <laughs> in betweenquel, <laughs> a new one. Okay. Um, uh, Pesky himself said he was a fan of the original Juwan film series before directing this film, even long before the 2004 American remake. The house's number in the film is 44, which is a reference to the original Juwan short film for. Four, 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 four. I don't want to say the number of fours, but the, apparently the Juan short film was titled four, 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 or whatever. Four is also a number of bad luck in Japanese culture due to the number in Japanese specifically being a homophone for the character she, which means death. Yes, I think it's also like an onomatopoeia of that sound that they make in the movie. That's fascinating. Thank you. Uh, one hour, 34 minutes. Carry on. Okay. So it's it's within range of a perfect horror movie length. Uh, the thing I wanted to get out was that even though I'm excited about this, of the two big Japanese horror franchises that came over at the same time, which was The Ring and The Grudge, I actually preferred The Ring. Something about The Grudge I just didn't really care for. I was like, okay, so you guys have the scary hair, but The Ring has the scary hair and the scary girl and the scary well and the bunch of fucking videos with, with weird ass nonsense in them. So it's just like a, it seemed like a greater landscape of horror, The Ring movies, as opposed to The Grudge, where they're just kind of stuck in this hairy ghost world. But I trust Pesky, Sam Raimi's involved. It's at the very least going to be vastly superior to the original The Grudge reboot remake. Um, so, yeah, I'll give it a chance. John Cho is in there. I know Amanda said that was a big reason for her to get excited. We didn't see much of him in that trailer, so I can't really say much. He actually had the worst part of the trailer, which was the hand out of the head gag. I thought they were actually going to skip that, but nope, they decided to stick that. That's actually a, a negative. But That could enough. be a producer decision. Yeah, that's a, I'm going to just give it an excited benefit of the doubt. Let's do this. At the very least, it's going to be better. Okay. Uh, intern, if you don't mind, I'm just going to quickly step in. I'm going to ask you guys if, you've, if either of you have, has seen Searching with John Cho. Yes. No, I did watch his failed show, Fast Forward. I thought you did watch that. Searching? I swear you've seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. All right. The uh, movie? Yeah, it's all on the computer. He's looking for his daughter. I remember the trailer. Okay. What did you think of Searching, Andrew? Uh, I was going to say my opinions were very similar to Daniel's in that 
they did a lot with it, and I was strangely quit, attracted to quit finish Im- watching the whole movie. Quit, quit pretending that Daniel's seen it. Daniel, oh, Daniel watched it. No, he watched Unfriended, and he talked about Unfriended. You're confusing Unfriended no, no. with searching. So I'm not. Quit, quit being an asshole and imprinting shit. <laughs> They'd have similar. Yeah. Uh, Unfriended sucked. I asked you a specific question about searching. You started talking searching. about Daniel's experiences. I know. I don't think that's fair to Daniel. It's a true thing that happened in a previous episode. Hey, um, I got something to say to you. Stay on target. We're too close. Okay. John Cho did fine. Searching... I watched the whole thing and I wasn't disappointed that I watched it. Was it great? No. It but... wasn't it wasn't great, I agree. But John Cho's performance was, was what carried it, I thought. Yeah. So that being the case, I think that's probably what lured Pesky to John Cho. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. In fact I'm just gonna go ahead and say that's what happened. Pesky was sitting at home, he watched searching and he was like, Wow, John should be in the grudge. And then he watched Mandy and he was like, Andrea Risebrow is going to be in every movie I make from now on. <laughs> right? Maybe. Boy, can she change appearance, hey? Risebrow's awesome. I'm, She's I'm, in Battle of the Sexes. I'm a big Mandy fan. And this and Wait, she played the, the cop? Yeah. 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 Muldoon. Yeah. Big fan of Risebrow. And uh, yeah, it's pesky. And Eyes of My Mother, Daniel made me watch it. And I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And then Piercing, it's like, wow, this is also very decent and yeah pesky's got a license to kill right now for me i'm excited uh that'd be my turn i'm also excited uh based purely off of uh director and uh rise bro yep not cho though so you're racist classic why you just gave him a mexican name what are you doing sorry nacho no i said not cho though (laughs) say it with me ready at both both of you guys both of you guys right now not Say it after me. Not. Not. Cho. Not and Cho. Salsa. Problem. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. Not. <laughs> not. 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 Right. Oh, God. Now we're moving on. Nacho. I can confirm I have not seen Searching. Totter. Totter time. Uh, Clint Eastwood brings us Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell, here we go. Let's get a new tape going. All right, Richard, here's what we're gonna do. We need a voice exemplar. I want you to say into this phone, there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Richard, you're a national hero now. Thank you, sir, but I was just doing my job. look at the guy who found the bomb just like you always look at the guy who found the body. Jewel fits the profile of the lone bomber. A frustrated white man who is a police wannabe who seeks to become a hero. We're running it. You're a suspect. You don't talk. I talk. Say it. I don't talk. This might be the only way to clear your name. I want you to say there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Stop trying to be their best friend. I was raised to respect authority. Authorities are looking to eat you alive. There's a bomb in Centennial Park. We have 30 minutes. I'm sorry, what? His accusers are two of the most powerful forces in the world. 
the United States government and the media. I do want to help y'all on law enforcement too. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Did he do it? Richard Jewell is an innocent man. He's a hero. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. One more time, just a little louder. I report the facts. You've ruined this man's life. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Do a couple in a row. My son saved people's lives. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. You set that bomb. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. I don't know how to protect you. I think your client is guilty as hell. They want to fry you. You're going to start fighting back? Nathan, worried or excited? <clears throat> All right. Well, let me begin by saying that there's only been a few Clint Eastwood movies that I've been completely confused or out on. I don't remember all of them, but I know that Hereafter with Matt Damon wasn't one of them. <laughs> that was a weird one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't know who Richard Jewell is or was. I had no idea. You will know, and the truth. Yeah, I will know, and the truth. Um, I do remember the Atlanta bombing being a thing, but I mean, hey, 96, that's a while ago. That's like, you know, grade 11. So it was one of those things that happened in the world. That everybody was like, oh, wow, you know, Atlanta bombings. But, you know, a great, in grade 11, you're like, whatever, especially in Canada. You're like, I don't give a fuck. Right. So <clears throat> um, I definitely don't remember anything about the media vilifying a security guard. See, that's the part I don't remember either. I remember the bombings. I don't remember that part of the story. But apparently, you know, this happened. And I, you know, present day issues with the media disturb me the way that they spin things the way that they attack people and places or sorry not places but people and events and twist things to serve a narrative and i know that clint eastwood's um leanings as a person is um i think decent so i'm i'm actually quite interested in where he's going here i think he might be choosing a specific incident that where he can say look this is what the media did to this guy and this you know he they, they vilified him and ruined his life, and um, this is what they're capable of. And that's something right. you should take note of. And it's just a historical, probably, you know, contained to that one event, obviously. But I think it's an important message to say, hey, this is what the media can do to somebody if they really want to. And, yeah, I don't know. There's a one scene in the trailer where he says, like, you ready? You know, Sam Rockwell, one of my favorite actors, says, you ready to start fighting back? And he's like, you know, yeah, like just this this held back nod. It's one of the things I appreciate most having had acting training is seeing somebody like fight with emotion. Too many times you see scenes where people just let water stream down their face because, you know, before they hit, before they said action, they put a bunch of visine on your face. Right. <laughs> and to see somebody struggle with emotion and to say like, you know, this guy, this reserved security guard guy that w wants to be appreciated by other people probably wanted to be a, an official police officer, but never never made it he wants to be included and once he realizes that they're after him to vilify him and to close off their case i would quote the wire as like hey cops want to close off their cases they want to take their cases and make them black 
Mm-hmm. They want to move them from one column to the next. So if if the pieces fit and they can make them fit, then they'll make them fit. So you're just a pawn. And there's also some other things from the trivia on this or from the facts. Um, the Atlanta Constitution Journal, a Georgia newspaper, which played a leading role in the 96 media frenzy over Richard Jewell, has actually taken issue with the film's dramatic license in regards to the star reporter played by Olivia Wilde. Uh, the journal insists that uh, the journalists' reporting and their newspaper's coverage of Jewel were ethical and beyond reproach. Bullshit. Don't believe that for a second. <laughs> uh, the newspaper particularly objects to the implication that the journalist used sexual favors to obtain scoops. So there's some drama here, and Olivia Wilde's actually had to respond to them, which is interesting. Uh, Slate reported that during the period in which the real Richard Jewell was fodder for ridicule from many comedians and commenters, this is interesting, Jay Leno mocked Jewell by comparing him to the guy who whacked Nancy Kerrigan, meaning Tanya Harding's uh, bodyguard, Sean Eckhart. Who he played. Yeah, Paul Paul Walter Hauser. Who plays Richard Jewell played the Sean Eckhart in I Tonya. That's amazing. Which yeah. is fantastic. But yeah, um Olivia Wilde put out something that said, uh, uh I think that uh you know, her and the FBI agent or whoever it was I say FBI because we all know the FBI can't be true. Right. Correct. <laughs> Olivia Wilde said that their relationship was ongoing and that the information the journalist received was due to a consensual relationship. Who gives a fuck? Doesn't matter. Right. Should have been like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Journalism is dead and you killed it. The The point is that I love Sean Rock. Uh, uh, sorry, I love Sam Rockwell, and I love, I love the tone of this movie. I've enjoyed a lot of Clint Eastwood movies, and there's no way I'm saying worried here. I'm saying excited. Outstanding. Intern? Do you find it interesting that it only takes, how long is this trailer? Two minutes and 29 seconds, although really probably like 15 seconds for me to hate John Hamm. Like, <laughs> like I, I fucking hate John Hamm. And just from this trailer, just as watch, a human. Wa- watch a couple Skip the Dishes commercials. And yeah, and then I'll <laughs> love him again, right? Uh, it's oh, you mean amazing. Like he, so he made you hate him? It's amazing how much... I, yeah, right now he reminds me of the guy in Happy Gilmore who keeps calling him a jackass. Oh, yeah. And I just hate that person. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> John Hamm did that to me in this uh, in this trailer. It's pretty interesting. Um, this is getting a lot of love uh, all over the place for acting in particular. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser, Sam Rockwell, and Kathy Bates are all nominated for Spirit Award. Uh, it's going to continue with all the all the awards. I, I feel like a couple of them are up for SAGs and stuff. This should be good. Uh, Clint Eastwood is a problem in that he makes really good and really bad films. Right. And they all pose as really good films, usually. Mm, but that's only because... Yeah, I don't know. You're you take that out of context, man. You hate American Sniper. What 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 other one do you hate? Um, the one where they go to space. Uh, you don't like Cuban space cowboys. Crisis. You don't like space cowboys. That is ridiculous. It's um, it's silly, but it's not stupid. It's stupid. Uh, What's what was Cuban, what was the other one? Said these the Cuban Missile Crisis one. Wait, that I was don't him. Know if he directed that. Thirteen days. I don't think that was him. I thought it was him. Let me bring up his uh, line of work here. Yeah, lay it down, buddy. Because we're talking about a guy that made Unforgiven, 
I know. Right. And the ones that he made so let's tread that are great are great. Like okay. Million Dollar Baby. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Space Cowboys. Phenomenal. Piece of oh, shit. sorry. You said piece of shit. Absolute power. Really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great. That's a sneaky good movie. Dan, have you, have you ever seen Absolute Power? It sounds familiar. It's about it's about uh, Gene Hackman's the president and he like accidentally his his mistress or whatever. He accidentally kills her. The, okay, yeah. And, this... and Clint Eastwood's like a like a uh, expert uh, cat burglar, and he's there trying to steal something, and he's, he witnesses it. And you, you witness the president murder his mistress, and it's like it kind of unravels from there. It's really good. Huh. Yeah, I, I remember the film. I don't think I've seen it. I've been looking at an actor. This will help. <laughs> if you look uh, at the section, yeah. So, yeah, Mule was uh, better than expected. Fifteen, seventeen to Paris, not very good. Sully was okay. American Sniper garbage jersey boys the worst thing i seen that year and for a few years j edgar overrated hereafter garbage invictus okay grant torino okay changeling i really liked grant torino was better than okay bump, yeah it was good bump that up one okay and i will correct you that uh richard jewell has zero sag number. really zero and sag's also giving robert de niro a lifetime achievement award so we'll have to take bets on whether he talks about trump oh, oh he will like- 30 minutes just talking about how he can beat someone up. <laughs> He'll do it. On his three and a half inch platform shoes. Yeah, I don't know. It's touch and go. I don't back down from this. Am okay, I excited you to just, watch this? You just rattled yeah, off a bunch of movies and I was I was like, ugh, to several of them. So that's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back your way a little bit, especially with the J. Edgar comment. J. Edgar was really disappointing to me. I never watched The Changeling, though. I was like, eh, Angelina Jolie, sappy, ugh, ugh. Yeah, how is that yeah. elitist alien going to pull off genuine emotion? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Half her facial muscles are not responsive. Yeah, they removed her makeup for her part in uh, *Malevolent*. <laughs> okay, what's your verdict here? Andrew? Excited, excited. Okay, Dan, have you spoken on this? I have not. <clears throat> I'm going to come in and I'm going to say excited as well. And I don't really give a shit if the movie is any good or not. Uh, I just know that if this movie is directed by Clint Eastwood, and I can already tell by the tone and sort of the wrapping of the trailer that is going to be a huge scouring hit piece on uh, the media and how flippantly and they disregard uh, their ability to contort reality and destroy people's lives. And I hope that he lays into them as hard as possible. And I hope that I can enjoy every single minute of him attacking these disgusting, fucking pathetic cowards that destroyed journalism, broke reality, and now have uh, destroyed Uh, any chance that a consensus truth for the rest of us. So I hope that he lays that out and that uh, people from there uh, will then, anytime they see anyone from the mainstream media, your CNNs, your MSNBCs, even your Foxes, uh, just spit in their face. Spit in their face when they walk by and they call them a liar. And I hope that's a a message we can all get behind uh, at the end of this film. Excited. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, Your five hole tonight, Daniel, is... Is a real easy one. It's uh, 1917. Nineteen seventeen. Here we go. Blake, pick a man, bring your kit. I hoped today might be a good day. 
hope is a dangerous thing. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. They're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you fail, it will be a massacre. Let's talk about this for a minute. Why? We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. If we're not clever about this, no one will get to your brother. I will. Intern, worried or excited? I feel a little torn, mostly because uh, with Sam Mendes, the only film he's done that I've seen that I really did not like was his first war film, uh, being Jarhead. You should rewatch it. I probably should. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember hating it or liking it. <laughs> the issue is that it was the follow up to American Beauty. No, it wasn't. It was the follow up to Road to Perdition. Oh. Are you, are you correct? Which, am, I, am I wrong? And the well, intern yeah, is right? You have, to edit, you have to edit that part out. <laughs> the fuck is... What? Um, yeah, American Beauty and Road to Perdition uh, might be one of the best back-to-back filmmaking things that's happened. Yeah, I rewatched Road to Perdition not that long ago, and yeah. So instead yeah. of a sophomore slump, he had like a junior slump, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. but I no, there has to be a uh, caveat to that comment. When you've got Roger Deakins as your cinematographer that follows you around with every movie you do, then I'm not sure you can say that it's all Ro- Sam. You know, Roger Deakins didn't do cinematography for American Beauty. Nathan, you have to cut this whole segment. Anyway, uh, what I am going to say as a positive is that it looks like they do a lot of uh, trench filming, and uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, Paths of Glory did that very well. And I feel like... Uh, Mendez is going to follow in these footsteps and do a really good job of it. This looks wonderful. I'm very excited to watch this, despite my jarhead comments, or in spite of my jarhead comments. Anyway. So very excited 
for trench cinematography. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan? Um, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of stumbling around right now. Are you reeling like, because of his... like who who did the cinematography in American Beauty? Is that what you're thinking right now? Inter can't know more than me. <laughs> so you're you're saying that Roger Deakins was not the cinematographer of American Beauty. Yeah. And that he was the cinematographer of Road to Perdition. Uh, that sounds about right. Does that sound about right? Yep. Okay. That's wrong. Woo! Was he over around? You looked it all up. Conrad L. Hall did both. Was the cinematographer for Road to Perdition. So let the records show that the intern called me out for being wrong, and then openly admitted, and that was also wrong to a a false assessment. Yeah. So you're both wrong. Got it. So we're both wrong. <laughs> American Beauty and Road to Perdition were both Conrad L. Hall. Yeah, and they appear to have hooked up Mendez and Deacons after that, trying to give you an assessment of when they first hooked up. Um, and I'm actually going to tell you that um, the first movie, I don't know if you're ready for this, but the first movie of Sam Mendez that Roger Deakins, legendary cinematographer that the intern jizzes in his pants about. Revolutionary Road. <clears throat> Jarhead. No, I, I want you to, yeah, I want you to dig deeper. That's right. Jarhead. Jarhead yeah. is correct. So the movie that you're worried about is the movie that your favorite cinematographer did. Dale, how am I doing here? You're you're, you're doing great. <laughs> sure, if, you know, if I can just play the uh, outside observer here. All you have to say is just like, I just didn't like that beautifully shot movie. Uh, Nathan's grasping at straws this whole time. <laughs> it's fine. This movie was shot and edited to appear as a single long take that takes place in real time. Did you know that? Yes. You got guys like Colin Firth and Cumberbitch coming in and saying, hey, King Tommen from Game of Thrones, <laughs> I want you to run and the camera's going to follow you the whole time and it's never going to break. It's never going to give you a, that, that, that's, that's what Sam Mendes did. He wanted to shoot a movie where you didn't, the audience didn't get a break. You know, there's no cut. So the editing is like, you don't get a chance to stop and breathe. This kid's going to run and he's going to try and make it across a great adventure. Trying to trying warn. To like jump out castle windows they gotta keep pulling them off the ledge right exactly yeah yeah running trying to you know save his brother in 1600 1600 seems like a small number <laughs> yeah fuck him yeah um but you know what i'm saying like he's gonna go and we're gonna follow him and it's sam mendez and deacons the the artistry here the the guys behind the camera running this show are worthy of an excited by itself if you're someone that doesn't agree with uh, giving an excited to, you know, two masters of their craft, then uh, you can go fuck yourself. Excited. I, uh, how long is this movie? <laughs> so <laughs> one hour and 58 minutes. Trying to find a way to not get a go fuck yourself here or what? No, I was just, I was much less how intern sort of introduced his opinion piece. I'm also a little bit torn uh, because for this movie to interest me, it has to be extremely fast paced and you mentioned that it was edited to look like one long take, which adds to the intensity and the urgency of it, which I appreciate. That's what this movie needs to not just become this, I don't know, just really boring trench after trench. Can we can we talk about war movie movies show. just for a second? Can we have like a quick interlude about war movies? Yes. I feel like there's this stigma to war movies that says, yuck, or ugh, ah, a war boring. movie. Right? And I don't know that that's true because 
I mean, Apocalypse Now, Platoon, Thin Red Line, Saving Private Ryan. As good as it is, it's it's a chore. Ah, well, I guess it depends on who you are because Apocalypse Now to me is kind of hypnotic. Like you can step into Apocalypse Now and watch thirty to thirty minutes to an hour of it wherever the movie is and still get something from it. In my opinion, I maybe I mean that whole last like the third act of a pop of, of Apocalypse Now with Martin Sheen engaging Marlon Brando is there's something to it. There's, yeah, it is. I, I like the movie in segments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. It's a long. It's one of those '70s epics, right? I mean, yeah. There's that going on in the seventies. All I'm trying to say is like, there seems to be this like, ugh, war movie perception. And I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm not innocent of it. Like Dunkirk, I haven't even watched Dunkirk yet. And that's Christopher Nolan's war movie. It feels like a rite of passage for a director to do a war movie. That's true. And then eventually down the line, one with a horse. Uh, Dunkirk <laughs> is also very short. You can watch that pretty quick. Cum- Cumberbatch and Spielberg. War horse. <laughs> Terrible decision making, right? Jarhead is not a war movie. I want to point that out. You should go rewatch Jarhead. It has nothing to do with war. It's all about Jarhead the, is a war movie. It's all, all about is him digging a latrine. Yeah. It's all about Gyllenhaal like it's it, it's anti war. It's an anti war movie. It's a war yeah. movie, but it's anti war. Lots of war movies are anti war movies. Yeah, but not this one. This one is a full blooded rite of passage. War movie. This is Sam Mendes's real war movie. Are you going to step up and watch Sam Mendes's real war movie? Intern, are you going to be a man? Yeah. Of are you going to gargle am. his balls? I yeah, I will. It'll be just like Tropic Thunder. Daniel, are you going to gargle Sam Mendes's balls? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm. I'm ultimately going to give this a worried just because it's. I, I cannot see myself going to see this in theaters, and God knows when it pops up on whatever other service. Um. I do appreciate that it's all uncut or it makes it to look like it's uncut. I appreciate that he's going for that fast feel. I spent like, I don't know, two hours. Can you can you keep the urgency that tense for that long? I don't know. I feel like it needs to be in and out. So I'm gonna give it a worried, but it does look it looks quality. I tried, Sam. I lobbied. Didn't work out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is episode one hundred and twenty. I hope that your journey tonight felt untouchable, felt present with an energy that uplifted you, awakened you, and allowed you to look towards the future with a smile. Oh, Nathan, can can I can I just bring something up real quick? Absolutely. Uh, your your statistic that you laid out earlier from our Star Wars uh, conversation about Lando mm. and his was that the longest period of time that a character who has not played that character since he originally played him came back, or just how long he's played a character? What a fascinating question. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because if we're going to talk, you know, time. I copied and pasted that shit. Um, from from Phantasm 1 to <laughs> Phantasm 5 is 37 years and always played. The tall man is always played by Angus Scrim. <laughs> this is, this is I, uh, look, look, this is Internet Movie Database trivia items. <laughs> Who the Disney fuck? trying to get uh longer award nonsense guinness book of world record bullshit who the fuck knows who wrote that fact there's no oversight that i'm aware of there's no fact checking oh oh man that could be that could be absolute 
hogwash. Phantasm could very likely be the truth. And Lando's <laughs> 36 years are just just shy of the record. Sorry, Billy D. Just shy. Just lost it. Yeah. Lost it to a tall white guy. Um there's there's a there's a there's a movie podcast I listen to. I can't remember what it is now, but they make a point of their fans, they go and they on purpose garbage up IMDB fact sections. <laughs> like <laughs> they just go enter the most absurd nonsense that kind of sounds like it might be true. And then they document on the show like how many like people said this was helpful. It's <laughs> awesome. It's fantastic. <sighs> so Phantasm, 37 years. Let's correct that. Uh Anybody else have anything they want to add tonight? Uh, no. No. I have one thing that I would like to share, and that's okay. something that, I mean, there wasn't enough interesting movie news to do a rapid-fire segment or a grab bag, but one thing did catch my eye, Daniel, and I just want to throw it your way. A little, I just want to toss you a little morsel that you can uh, scatter on the floor towards and nibble on and, and ingest. <laughs> um, Oscar Isaac was quoted about the new Dune movie from Denny Villeneuve, who also works with Roger Deakins. Um, He said that I couldn't imagine anyone more suited for the tone of the original Frank Herbert novels than Dune, or sorry, than Denny. There are some things that are, for lack of a better word, nightmarish about what you see. There's just this kind of brutalist element to it. It's shocking. It's scary. It's very visceral. Nice. That means the worms are going to be fucking ferocious and crazy looking and all the visions and stuff of the future and all the other weird psychedelic shit about Dune is going to be well portrayed. I'm so excited. Villeneuve. Woo. Slow zoom. Do you know who the cinematographer is for uh, Dune? Who? Deacons. Uh, Greg Frazier or uh, Greg Frazier. Hmm. Oh, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. There's an I in that. An I E. Uh he did uh Rogue One a Star Wars story. Oh, Daniel's favorite Uh, Star Wars movie. Zero Dark Thirty and Vice. Oh. Well, I mean I didn't have any issues. I didn't have any issues with the cinematography of those movies. Right. Yeah. The uh cinematography in all of these is acceptable. Well, come on. Dune is being made with China money. So I mean, hey. I don't I don't knock Deacons for being like, hey, you want to come to China? And Deacons like, fuck no. Who is uh, the cinematographer in, um, was it the Blade Runner sequel? Deacons. Okay. Yeah, that's what he finally won for. Yeah. Might have been smart to maybe bring him in a little bit. I think they were planning on it. Something happened. Yeah. Well, it's, it's China, right? There's like a month-long process to get a visa to get into China because they're communist and it's uh, locked down as a strange environment where people don't have rights or freedom. China's asshole. <laughs> don't uh, don't reference no agenda clips, or I'll play one that'll make you angry. That'll make you hang up. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. Is that your favorite one? Yeah, it's the best. One. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> Where is that? Uh, it's so good. <laughs> now you can never lose that one. I'll be so sad. Oh. Nathan Carver, $75 from Calgary, Alberta. My name is Nathan, and my cousin Daniel introduced me to your show, and his greatest fear is that his wife or myself will donate before he does and ask you guys to call him out as a douchebag. Douchebag! (laughs) Fear confirmed. (laughs) Yeah, he should have been afraid. (laughs) 
And we do have a few people to thank for show 1178, starting with uh, Daniel Carver, $111.77. Uh, hundred hundred and yeah yeah hundred and eleven seventy seven yes yeah oh, which that's is kind of a reflection it's kind of an ep- episode number kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, please de douche <laughs> you've been de douched. 